0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my favorite co-host, Chris Rivers.
1: What's going on, Tyler?
0: It is, it's going well. We should have recorded last night. I was not feeling well again. I don't know what it is. It might be allergies or something that this little rug rat of mine is bringing home from daycare. That's just for some reason infecting me and me only. But I'm feeling back to normal this morning, so we'll hopefully we'll ride out the rest of the day feeling great but Chris how are you
1: doing all right uh, I've got to head back to work later tonight so fun eh. it's nice to have a job but right you now
0: It's nice to have time off. Yeah. (laughs) Or more time off, rather. (laughs) Exactly. Guys, this is the NerdWide Podcast. This is episode 45. If you enjoy what you see, make sure you go to YouTube or your podcasting service of your choice and let us know what you think. Give us some good reviews and some thumbs up if you're on YouTube. If you don't enjoy what you hear or see, make sure you leave us a comment let us know what we're doing wrong. Instead of what we can do to help you guys. Uh, if you want to go that extra mile, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. There's three different tiers for you that way. If you want to toss some couple bucks our way, that would be greatly appreciated. I want to get right into our TV stuff because I really want to talk about our TV shows we watched this week. Okay. But first, I want to say I watched Bachelor of Paradise uh, finale, uh. which was excellent. Absolutely fun. Uh, I hate that it's over. It was two days. Like I even tweeted out on Thursday. Uh, which is two days since it aired, I said I am already jonesing for another episode of Bachelor in Paradise. And, but I've got in two weeks, though, we've got Bachelorette. So, I mean, I don't have to wait too long. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I finally finished the Viking series. Um, How which, was that? Oh, it, absolutely beautiful. And they've got a show coming out that's supposed to be like six D years or something like that since this mm. episode of, or this last episode with some people returning or I don't think they were actually, I don't know what's really going on, but it's going to be dropping on Netflix. But this show has been a part of my life for, I guess, eight years now. And just now catching up and seeing some of the stuff was really, was really, they, they did a good job with it. And then I also watched the Ted Lasso season two finale. Um, again, great show. I mean, I can't recommend that enough to anybody and everybody um just a real good feel-good show and this episode did not disappoint whatsoever um and then other than our show that's all i watched this week (laughs) i watched a lot i had a lot of tv stuff to watch
1: very cool very cool uh i watched our stuff and then um i got caught up on american horror story how's that season going going really good so they've finished the red tide portion okay um that i talked a little bit about two weeks ago three, three. weeks ago and now they're on uh the next portion of of the because it's like a double feature type uh story so you have the red tide around the vampires and then you have I'm blanking on the name for the second half. The uh, which which concerns aliens. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's really cool. Um Neil McDonough's in it. Oh, what a guy. As as Dwight Eisenhower.
0: Oh that's a good role for um, him.
1: Yeah. There was something else I've seen him in recently. But really, uh really interesting. I it's It's different for them doing this because normally you're with those same characters for an entire season and this one it's split in two. Hmm. Would you say it's it's, uh, it's...
0: a double feature?
1: (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Um, But I watched that and I just started because I got... I think I was an episode shy, which is weird for me, of finishing The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. on the the Chicago Bulls final championship season. All right. Uh, so I have started from the beginning on that. I'm two episodes in.
0: So you're going to wrap it up and see where you come out with it.
1: Yeah. I've heard it's good. So it's amazing so far. Jerry Krause was an idiot. <laughs> can I say that? Yeah. yeah you I'm you say can that. say that, yeah. In uh, my opinion, in <laughs> Jerry Krause was an idiot.
0: All right, everyone, it's time. I'm really excited to talk about Titans, So, but we've got to talk about What If first. Of course, this is, is the finale for What If, and this is What If the Watcher Broke His Oath. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say forthright that this might have been my favorite episode of the whole series so far. Um, I felt like I was, again, it was one of those that I wasn't on my phone for it because there was so much going on. The action right. was really good. It was mm-hmm. very visually pleasing. The animation on it was absolutely phenomenal. And I felt like they did a good job with it. Now, there are some things that, that stood out, like Gamora and Tony Stark, which we'll talk about in the news section here in a little bit, feeling right. out of place. And no one had no idea where that came from. I'll talk about that here in a minute um, in the news. But I felt like it was... <laughs> It was, it was a good episode. Now, what concerned me was when it started off, and we started off with Captain America um, or Captain, Captain Carter, Carter was it? the Winter Soldier starting off, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I said, this is the one thing I didn't really like was just basically a, just a redoing it with the Captain Carter instead of Captain America. But the Watcher quickly saved us from that and plucked her out of her universe and started plucking everybody else out of their universe. And I thought that was really well done. Um, the evil Doctor Strange realizing he's evil or was evil. And him basically being the hero and the most badass of this episode. And him saving everything was so cool. The the armor that he gave literally everybody was awesome very well used. And I, I just thought it was fun. Of course, majority of everybody voicing their characters, except for Shuri, Gamora, um, Peter Quill, T'Challa, not T'Challa, um, who, uh, Natasha Romanoff, and Tony Stark. Everyone else played who they were, but right. and this was officially Chadwick Boseman's very last role.
1: Yeah. whoa. Mm-hmm. So leading up to the T'Challa episode mm-hmm. as Star Lord. We were told that that was his last work he did right. for them. And I guess that was their way of not tipping their hand that he was going to be appearing in these other episodes. Yeah. But, yeah, he just keeps popping up. and I'm, mm-hmm. Every time he does, I'm listening to the voice and going, okay, is that still Chadwick yeah. Boseman?
0: And I got some is news that with still... it as well with him. So. Um,
1: But we had the little we, – we had the sisterhood, of course, between uh, – Natasha and Peggy. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. Yeah. That was a nice touch. And then, um... You know, the... I I know you got a news bit on it, but I love the bit where, um... The Watcher goes to select Gamora. hmm And Tony just assumes... Like, yeah, just starts talking. Be, he's <laughs> like, not you, Stark. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Um... But it was the final battle. Really, really, that was, was so well cool. Done. That was well done.
0: And they, they answered that question because when it, when it aired on Wednesday, I didn't watch it until Saturday. But mm-hmm. when it aired on Wednesday, people were bringing up the question. Well, in Loki, they brought up the you know you can't use the Infinity Stones in other multiverses, in other universes. And that's why like, they were just in the drawer and it's paperweights throughout the uh, the timeline. And I was like, well, so how does that work with, with Ultron Crossing and things like that? Well, he didn't really cross multiverses. He was just going through different worlds in the last episode. And in this episode, he still uses powers in the multiverse um, headquarters, I guess. I really don't know what to say, like in between the multiverses or right. the Watcher. Or the sits. Watcher, yeah. yeah. So, and which kind of answered my questions for that, but, uh, how are you, what is your hype levels for a season two of this? Are you excited for a season two? Could you, are you okay with waiting? You know, stuff like that.
1: Uh, I'm okay with waiting. I, I would prefer them get, especially for the people that they still have working relationships with, I would prefer those people to voice the characters Mm -hmm. that they play. It just it does take me out of it a little bit, yeah. Uh, because I'm so used to Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, right. And so when when there's a representation of him on screen and someone else's voice comes out of his mouth, it's like, okay, we're we're doing that. I think I would enjoy this season more if I went back and watched it, and binged it, mm-hmm. um, knowing what they're working toward. And watching for other little things that I may have missed, um, so a season two is not—it's not something that I would say. ah, just don't do it. Right. Um, I'm perfectly content for a season two. What story are they going to do though? Right. Where do are be... they going to? Where do you go from here? Are they... Yeah, are they going to be able to pull in because a couple of the most popular "What If" books revolve around Spider-Man.
0: Mm-hmm. So and you can't use him, right? Well, I mean they they used him for that one episode, but it wasn't Tom Holland, and it was a different Spidey suit too, if you notice, because they can't right. use the super, you know, certain suits. So yeah,
1: so um, they need to get that figured out. Yeah,
0: they need to get they needed to have Spider Man figured out, but it's. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not particularly excited for season two. I mean, I know this whole season I haven't really enjoyed this show that much now with the finale i thought it was very like this the animations and the like you were talking about the ending fight scene it's probably one of the best things in this whole series the way that everyone acted together the the camaraderie and the the fact that hawkeye is absolutely useless and that anybody can do what he does including uh natasha romanov
1: and it just but but his arrow Mm-hmm. is what solves the whole thing. So in a way, Hawkeye... I thought the way it ended was the, so cool.
0: Like, I mean, yeah. just just think about that. He put him in a snow globe and then put uh, Stephen Strange back into his little universe pocket where mm-hmm. he's, he is now the Watcher of them. And yeah. I thought that they did such a good job with it. And even to the point where the Watcher... what Like a lot of these people are saying, I'm not going back. Tasha said I'm not going back to that world. I've got nothing there and there's no point in me going back.
1: Yeah, and then he drops her on <laughs> into universe. a different
0: universe. <laughs>
1: yeah, where the Avengers are all still alive but yeah. they lost. So in theory is that our film universe that he drops her off in cuz he says they lost their Black Widow.
0: Mm, I don't know, I mean it could be, but no, they were all cuz it was all of the um the, the Chitauri fighting them on the Hello Carrier, and we never had a Chitauri, like the Hello Carrier is never near New York, so that one wouldn't that's work. But I don't know. I mean, it's that's what my brother was saying. He said, Do we does this set up like Ultron entering before we watch the episode? He said, Does this set Ultron up coming into our multiverse, our universe for the MCU? So I don't know, I said it could be, I mean because he's crossing MCU. He's supposed to be crossing multiverses at this point, but I don't actually I don't think we ever saw him crossing into other multiverses. So I thought it was a good episode. Very well yeah. done.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Now now here's the one that everyone wants to talk about, Chris. And that is DC's Titans episode the Tennessee wait, Titans. Tennessee Titans. A good win yesterday, by the way. They needed yeah. it. Uh <laughs> Titans season three, episode eleven with the longest title, uh, the call is coming from inside the house. Now, the biggest thing obviously happened at the very end of this episode, but I've got a nice little recap of just some of the things that happened. Uh, Jonathan Crane trapezing through the house, listening to TLC's waterfall, and shaving his beard, did not like that. I thought he should have kept the beard, but it sets up the end of the episode real well, so I understand why they did it that way. Right. Very unnerving seeing that, but um, you know, to each of their own. We see Donna Troy and Tim Drake linking up, and his parents not being very happy at all about everything that's going on. Uh, they were. His little cave that he has is awesome and very yeah. stalkerish. Very stalkerish. <laughs> like he knows who everybody a, is, and he's got a, pictures of them
1: all. A look on Donna's face when she sees her photo collage right. on the wall. It's
0: very, uh, not, not okay. No, no,
1: not but, at all. But I think
0: it's cool because, you know, we, we got the last episode of uh, that one old lady from Themyscira saying, you know, she was born to lead. And now with this episode to lead, she's wanting to lead the, um, the safe spaces against the police and against Jonathan Crane. Yeah. And she goes, maybe it's time to, I forget what her direct quote was, but she was more like, the, it's my time to lead these people now. We had so many, like, this whole episode were so many good character uh, beats and improvements and storylines, like with Starfire, finding out that she didn't have powers to begin with. She originally, her parents stole Blackfire's powers from her and gave it to Starfire. Well, now Starfire's got this blue flame now, or yeah. blue power. We don't really know what's up with it, but I thought that was cool. I mean, she she died, essentially, and came back to so, life.
1: So, it's almost like whatever her power is now, What's been happening to her all season was it trying to come out
0: right? Trying, so I guess, because she was Blackfire was near and Blackfire's powers were trying to get back to her. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, that's going to come up at the I think next episodes where we're going to see a big clash between them two. Yeah, um, the I love seeing Raven back, I mean, her and Donna Troy love seeing them back in the episodes finally. But her using her powers and the animation and the CGI they've done with her this season, especially this episode, was so good. Like when she's tracing the, the cheese symbol that um, that Gar puts up on the wall. Uh-huh. Like just very dark, the purple and black, and then her eyes and her crystal just glowing. Oh, I love yeah. it. But them finding the yeah. Lazarus pit, um, which comes in, I'm pretty sure it's coming into the end of this episode is what they're going to have to use because they yeah. know where it's at and she knows Dick is something's wrong with Dick. I'm um, trying to see, blah, uh, blah, blah, we see that, we see this, alright, and this is, I. there's a lot going on in like these last two scenes of this episode, the biggest thing is Nightwing facing off against uh, Red Hood was so cool, Uh, you know, Nightwing playing off of um, Jason Todd's fears of being alone, and all this other stuff, and then he... They make him go above ground to a site of his choosing, and then he starts fighting him. But while they're fighting, and Red Hood starts losing, you start seeing a crowd come up and watching the fight. I said, "Oh, this is not going to be good because Nightwing is public enemy number one," as they've you know, made clear throughout the whole episode. Uh, okay. And then a you know Red Hood, you know Nightwing beats down Red Hood, and doesn't have his mask on either. And then you see everyone telling Nightwing to go home, get away. You know, that's our new savior, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a young teenager pulls a gun on Nightwing. And Nightwing says, you know, no, you're not this person. You don't want to do that. And he shoots him in the back before he says that. And he goes, hey, put down the gun. You don't want to do this. And so he puts down the gun and he starts walking towards Red Hood again. And then the kid shoots him in the neck. Like, just straight through the carotid. And you see blood spurting out, and you see Nightwing hold it and fall down. Uh, Red Hood gets up, and then Jason Todd gets up and looks at him, and I just complete disbelief. The, I forget the guy's name plays Jason Todd, but such good acting. You see it, it. Like, it makes a good actor when they act with their face, and you can tell the emotions that they're feeling when they're looking at something. And I thought, oh, so good just seeing him just get shot. And then everyone comes around and starts kicking him and beating him. I mean, the shot to the neck killed him. Let's just be honest and blatant what it was. There's no way you're going to live past that. Uh, We saw that in um, Extraction. There's no way you're going to live it. But I guess, you know, if you're Chris Hemsworth, you will. So we'll see how Nightwing does this. But I'm pretty sure that Nightwing is going to be resurrected with the Lazarus Pit as well. And that was the whole point of Gar and Raven finding it. When they were at the pit, Raven even feels, you know, I guess, distorts in the force, and feels uh, something happened in Nightwing, and then we see um, Jason Todd run away from the fight, and I'm like, oh, what an episode! I said this show continues to be one of the best television shows I've ever watched, and this season they absolutely brought it, and this episode was no, you know, no excuse.
1: Well, not was no exception. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh really good episode. I, I think um I think Jason Todd now realizes that what Scarecrow's doing is driven by chaos and mm-hmm. they don't have control over this. Uh and I don't think he's based on the way he was looking at that mob, I think he realizes now that they're really in control. Mm hmm You know, as, they, they kept chanting Red Hood, Red Hood, but, if Red Hood missteps at all, they'll turn on him the way that they turned on Nightwing. Right. So it's, it's gonna be rough.
0: I mean, we we didn't even talk about, uh, Crane and his inter-battle with himself, and then gutting the, the pizza delivery guy, and poor kid, and, then carving his own face up because he says, you know, you, his inner monologue and inner demon says, you know, no, you always, you will never be a scarecrow because you can't do it. You're too much of a coward. Yeah. And then he carves his face up after realizing all this and he tells, um, Jason Todd, the time for masks is, is over. I says, this dude, we're about to become the new Joker and cut his face up. But no, it was just, he really just scarred himself. So I mean, we're we're getting close to the end, and oh, we are. I, I can't. I just. I don't want the show to end, but I just know what they've got playing is going to be huge, and I can't wait for it. And I don't. I don't know if Jason Todd's going to die, but I know for sure Tim Drake is going to put the suit on. I just. There's no doubt in my mind Tim Drake's putting on the Robin Hood suit. Somehow, some way.
1: Mm. Or do you think that'll be the cliffhanger? Uh, yeah I, oh,
0: yeah I can see that being the cliffhanger because we we see he's got everybody he's got this whole little back computer set up and everything so yeah. I'm curious to see you know what happens to his parents Cause I'm pretty sure his parents are dead he gets shot and killed in the in the comics but I, I don't know his cousin is clearly in some sort of gang and knows what's going on when everybody else nobody else knows what's going on. So, yeah, that's going to be a weird, uh, weird thing to play into. And Chris, well, let me tell you something else that is interesting. That is our Doom Patrol Season 3, Episode 5 D- Dada Patrol. Of course, this one, we're introduced to a lot of new characters for this. Um, they go into the forest uh, what's their name? Um, uh, Lord DeMille No, no, no. Laura DeMille calls a uh, a team meeting right at the beginning and it wasn't, you can't call a team meeting. We don't know who you are. You're not a part of this team, but they keep going with it. And this was, this was a fun episode and doom patrol is always fun. And we were battling with our inner demons again, but we're introduced to a lot of people of the sisterhood of Dada. Like is that lady, the, um, is she the, the head of it? Is that what we're thinking? The one I was talking with Jane. I was trying to think. I'm trying to get to her name. Yeah,
1: I I think I think that's what you're left to believe. Right. She um Shelley is her name. She wanted her own place that she could retreat to, so she created this. Right.
0: This fog. It,
1: it, it's a candy shop.
0: Mhm. It looked really good too, I'm gonna be honest with you.
1: It did, yeah. I was like, hey, I, I, she had her sights on more than Candy, though. She mm-hmm. was coming on to Jane pretty heavy. And, I mean, that's going to play into a lot of it. We see the the rest of
0: the underground rebelling against Jane, saying this is not what yeah. she wants. And But it is what Kay wants. Kay is saying, hey, this is what I want to do. But everyone else is like, nope, you don't get a choice in the matter. That's just. Yeah.
1: They yeah. won't even let her have new shoes. Right.
0: And why not? Jane was like, yeah, I'll go get you some new shoes. That's not a big deal. I think it's because Kay wants to take over and get the shoes. But I think it's in their minds though that it is if Kay takes over, she'll realize she doesn't need the rest of them. She can live this life. She will not need Jane. She doesn't need all these other personas, which I would keep because they have like superpowers. But you know, to each their own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we Hammerhead see, especially. Yeah, Hammerhead. Yeah. Hammerhead is not happy. And she, I don't think no. she's ever happy to be honest. But she was not happy this episode. Right. Uh, we see Cliff high, just tripping balls this whole episode because he took so much Parkinson's medicine, which I don't think I like that bottles. would work, but I don't, you know, don't really know how, because I mean, his brain will be fried if he's, especially, just in, the pills don't digest. So I don't understand how the writers were doing this episode because they did a funnel yeah, directly to his brain. Your brain doesn't digest things. So I don't understand how that works. <laughs> but (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah, it's very strange but we just go with it all right
0: what's up with um larry's son being in the sisterhood of dada like walking around the fog
1: well you know he he was working for the um bureau of normalcy Mm. remember he turns in larry right um so I'm assuming it's probably tied to his time with the Bureau of Normalcy. And he was probably looking into the sisterhood of Dada and they held on to him and saw it as a way to get to Larry and it probably loops around like that.
0: That was... Because now he's back at the the mansion with them. Yeah. And we saw the the Japanese girl talking to, to Cliff. We saw the... The bike man, Lloyd, I don't know what else do you want to call this guy, that had two bicycle wheels on I'm his trying back. i don't
1: think of what they, what did they call him in the, um, because each episode this season they're doing like a little bit on the episode, and they referred to him by name, but I can't remember what it was. Mm. I know, No, uh, I uh,
0: don't have anything to recap that I really don't have anything about his name. Don't forget Larry's next it. Yeah, his next everyone else was noticing and, and it glowed at the end of this episode. Do you see it glowing blue yeah. like his negative yeah. spirits? So I don't uh-huh. I don't know what's going on with that.
1: What if there's a an infant version of a negative spirit inside of him that see? is That's growing? That's why I said,
0: is he pregnant? And even could, we started this be. we started this episode with Rita like examining him. And I said nope. I don't. There's nothing on you. I can't find anything. But then we and see then, it closing at the episode.
1: Well, then at oh, first, it right, after she tells him that. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. moving around under the bandages on his. <laughs> it's
0: so weird. The show. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then Rita and DeMille talking and getting closer and everything, and then Rita saying she is a time traveler and jumps into the time travel machine and leaves. So yeah. curious to see where that plays out. But I I enjoy yeah, this
1: episode. I don't I don't fully believe that she's a time traveler. No, I
0: I, I don't. There's something going on, and I don't know if that's really her in that movie. But I don't think she's this time traveler that she
1: thinks she is. No. So we'll see but, what happens. Yeah, I mean it's. I wish they could use. Her character and Larry more mm-hmm. uh, I mean when they go to the forest Jane tells him to stay with the uh, stay with the bus and he's like you know I even without him meaning the negative spirit I, he said I can still help do other things and she just kind of shoots him a look and he's like but I'll, you're right someone needs to stay <laughs>
0: so. yeah I'm ready for the negative spirit to come back for him and yeah, I just, he's just so funny and that's, I enjoy it. Like, I mean, he was my favorite character the past two seasons and his character growth and development has been a lot of fun. Same thing with Jane. I love yeah. watching Jane. I like that she had a big heavy episode this week too.
1: So yeah, I kind of wish, I know that they introduced us to the physical manifestations of the other personalities, mm-hmm. but I've kind of liked it more when she had to act those personalities right. out. Know what yeah. I mean, uh, it was more fun to see her switch into a different personality and, mm-hmm. and do something different, baby so.
0: doll and hammerhead, yeah. Well, even, fun. yeah,
1: especially when she was hammerhead. I thought yeah. she, I, I like hammerhead.
0: Uh, let's see, next week's gonna be a good episode for it. For some reason, it has a trailer for their episodes titans does not no no no. doom patrol has behind the scenes looks is what that is i wish titans yeah. would do that and they might start doing that going forward but i i want to see more behind the scenes of titans so
1: i wonder if titans didn't get to because of covid maybe could be or they didn't Andrew. think about it
0: because doom patrol was shot afterwards so it could be one yeah. of those kind of things yeah uh, let's get into our news. we got a lot to talk about TV-wise. Um, number one, Midnight Mass and The Haunting of Blind Manor director is making an Edgar Allan Poe series for Netflix. I am super oh, stoked about this. Right? Yeah. I'm going to Hollywood Reporter by James Hibbert for this one. After previously uh, scaring viewers of The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Blind Manor, and his current sensation, Midnight Mass, writer and director Flanagan is set to take on Edgar Allan Poe. Netflix has greenlit the Fall of the House of Usher, based on Poe's 1839 short story about an isolated country country manor full of secrets, death and madness. The limited series will consist of 8 episodes. There's no casting or official description available at this time, but Netflix notes that this series will be based on multiple works by Poe. So apparently it's not just the Tale of Usher that's included here. Flanagan will produce along with his intrepid pictures partner, Trevor Macy. Flanagan and Michael Femignori, I butchered that episode, will each direct four episodes. Mm. I am so excited for this. I mean, I've got a book of Edgar Allen's Poe's work. Uh, it's like uh-huh. right there on my shelf. So I mean, it's a huge thing.
1: And he's... I, I wonder... Go ahead. I wonder if each season will be a new oh, adaptation.
0: I, I hope so. And... We're gonna. I, I'm gonna start watching Midnight Mass at some point this week. Um, I need to finish Lucifer off first. I've heard it's not. It's more of a psychological horror than it is like a ghosty horror like his previous movies have been. So, I want to try and start watching it, but if I get too creeped out, I'm not going to. So, just is it a,
1: uh, I mean, from this, from the name, you would think it was like a religious horror. It, it's a very religious. So. So I wonder if it's gonna have a lot of demons and.
0: Yeah, so it's, they say it's more psychological and thriller esque, but it is a horror, so, and they say it's a real good horror. So, whatever, there's everybody on my Twitter is talking about it. It could be because I follow Rahul Coley, who plays the sheriff in it, and I love him as an actor, so it could be it, but I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm going to watch it at some point, hopefully before Halloween we teased this a little bit earlier uh, Marvel Studios was planning a Star-Lord T'Challa spinoff series off of What If I'm going to comicbook.com by our buddy Charlie Ridgely for this one the second uh, let's see. while speaking to Variety after the release of the What If season 1 finale director Brian Andrews talked about working with Bozeman on the new version of T'Challa he said that Bozeman had recorded all of his parts for season 1 prior to his passing last year but that a spinoff series focusing on the Star-Lord character was actually in the works Uh, there we go. Sorry, I lost my screen. Uh, quote, Chadwick had recorded his Star-Lord T'Challa stuff early, but we had those later episodes that he appeared in sporadically, and it was a long stretch before we got him again, Andrews explained. And it was not long after the final recording that he passed, I think maybe just a few months or just a month. None of us knew anything, obviously, but we got him in time to have everything for season one. I think he was also trying to make an effort because T'Challa was so important to him. And also, this new version of Star-Lord T'Challa was so important to him, he dug it. I don't know if he knew this, but there was planning to have a Star-Lord T'Challa spinoff into his own show with the universe and crew. We were all very excited. We know he would have loved it too, and then, you know, he passed, and so it's all in limbo. So who knows? Maybe one day. The fact that he was still working a month before he died was crazy to me. The fact and, that no one knew,
1: yeah, which man, means
0: he, you couldn't tell.
1: Yeah. He kept himself. In
0: and that's, physical. I mean, good for him. And I would have loved a, I mean, that was one of the, our favorite episodes too. Of, Cause yeah. we had so much in that episode, especially with
1: Chadwick Boseman in it. But uh, we should, uh, I, what we could do for next week is rank our what if episodes. Mm,
0: yeah. Cause we're going to be, we won't have a what if show. Mm. Yeah. Remind me of that. We'll do that. Cause okay. I, I think we did that real easy. Uh, speaking of more What If, there was a Gamora-centered episode that got pushed to Season 2 due to COVID. And this explains a lot because we see the Watcher pluck Gamora out of that universe. And everyone was like, where did that come from? So this was yeah. during the same interview. Um, let's see. Let's see I want to start here. So, Gamora's appearance in the episode was somewhat confused and frustrated fans, as it had been the first time seeing her factored into What If. But according to the EP and a head writer A.C. Bradley, we'll get to see the story of how she became the destroyer of Thanos. Uh, see, he, we definitely will Bradley So, When asked if we'll see more of Gamora, what happened with the Gamora episode that was originally supposed to be early on in the season, a Tony and Gamora-centric episode? However, due to COVID and production delays, one of our amazing, amazing... It, they said it twice. Amazing, amazing animation houses around the globe got hit pretty hard by the pandemic, and we were left with two choices push the entire season to later this year, or just push the one episode to season two. We've made this choice to push that episode to season two and hope that seeing Gamora in the finale serves as a teaser for what's to come. In season two, it'll most likely be, it'll be a little bit of a prequel. We'll see how Tony and Gamora became friends because those two don't often interact, those two don't even interact in the main MCU universe. Given all the upheaval that we've been through in the past two years, pushing the episode is nothing, and we completely understand. Our animation houses have been absolutely rock stars in pulling off this show completely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I agree. So, yeah. But it, it, I'm with everybody else. It was kind of confusing to see her, and I'm really excited though to see that version of Tony, because he's got the. Yeah. Uh, because what it looks like is he was on. Um, the planet that Thor was in Ragnarok, because he's got that kind of writing and the colors and everything. So I'm really excited to see what that's
1: about. Yeah, that'll be fun.
0: Uh, next one here Agatha Harkness is getting her own spinoff series, and it's at the works on Disney. I'm yes. um, going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson. A WandaVision spinoff starring Catherine Hahn is in development at Disney Plus or Marvel Studios. The variety has learned exclusively from sources. Hahn will reprise the role of Agatha Harkness in the series, which is described by sources as a dark comedy though exact plot details remain under wraps. WandaVision head writer Jake Schaefer would serve as writer and EP on the project. Should the spinoff go forward, it would be the first project Schaefer has set up with Marvel since she signed an overall deal with him in the 20th of television in May. So, I'm all in. I mean, that that would be fun. And I would like that a lot more, I feel like, than a season two of WandaVision. Obviously, it'd be a prequel, or it could be a prequel or it could be a sequel. So we really don't know. But I think, that's, um, I think that's a good way to do it, to continue on that series. Uh, number five, That 70s Show is getting a sequel. And yes, Chris, it's called That 90s Show and ordered by oh. Netflix. We're going to HollywoodReporter.com by James Hibbard by this one. The new comedy is titled That 90s Show, and the original series creators, Bonnie and Terry Turner, are back on board. On the cast front... Only Kurtwood Smith, who played Red Foreman, and Deborah Joe Roop, who played Kitty Foreman, have so far signed on to reprise their roles. the roles. But producers are hopeful that other familiar names will join in guest appearances. Obviously, uh, Ashley—not uh, Ashley. Um, I okay, can't. Kutcher. What, what's his first name? Ashton. Ashton. Ashton and Mila Kunis. Obviously, they will reprise the roles. I don't see why they wouldn't
1: at this point. Um, yeah. Now they had a that '80s show. They really? While that seven yeah, while that 70, I think that 70 show was still going, and it didn't, it didn't take off. It was loosely tied to oh, that 70 show. Yeah, that's. Um, so this will actually probably do better because it has some of the original mm.
0: characters. But... Uh, it looks like the official description says, "Hello, Wisconsin. It's 1995, and Leah Foreman, daughter of Eric and Donna, is visiting her grandparents for the summer, where she bonds with the new generation of Point Place kids, under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red." Sex, drugs, and rock and roll never dies. It just changes clothes. So, the parents might not even be in the show. It just sounds like she's going for the summer. So, yeah, we'll see. And it's on Netflix. I mean, it might be a binge-worthy show. Yeah. Uh, Next to here, no articles. Just a little information for you guys. The Walking Dead will return for its final run of episodes on February 20th, 2022. And then last one we got here. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Season 15 has wrapped filming. Uh, to keep a note, Season 14's finale aired November 20th in 2019, so we've been two years since we've had an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I, gives me plenty of time to catch up on, which I'm in Season 10 now, so not much longer to go. Uh, releases this week, we've got a lot of CW shows for you. Wednesday, October 13th is DC's Legends of Tomorrow Season 7 starts. Wednesday, the same day, Batwoman Season 3 starts. And Thursday, October 14th, Legacies Season 4 Releases now. I'm I've been watching Star Girl right, and I keep meaning to put that in the beginning of the show of what I've been watching. Uh, I'm keeping up with it, and I think I'm to the point. I think I'm gonna finish Star Girl out, but I'm to the point that I think these um, CW shows, besides like the ones we watch together, that I'm just gonna wait until they drop because these shows are like binge-worthy shows. And I don't feel like to me I don't feel like they are as good if you're watching them week to week as they are if you binge them because like I mean with Batwoman loved binging it, Stargirl season one loved binging it, same thing with the Flashes and stuff. But and even with Legends of Tomorrow, even if I wanted to watch it starting this week, it hasn't dropped on Netflix or season six it hasn't dropped on Netflix or HBO Max. So I mean, I don't you can't catch up. Because it hadn't dropped anywhere. Batwoman has. Batwoman's already on uh, HBO Max. But <sighs> who knows? No one knows what's going on with the Netflix deal right now. Because even Legacy, so I was looking up to see what season it was. Everyone's saying, uh, when's season three coming to Netflix? Because it's not there yet. So I wonder if the CW and Netflix Bro. deal has uh, gone through or fallen apart or something like that.
1: Could be. But It's all we got TV-wise. All the TV. Um. That's going to bring us to movies, right? Mm-hmm. So, this week, because uh, Tyler couldn't find it to watch anywhere last week, we bumped Carved to this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Carved, subtitled, A Slip-Mouthed Woman. Um, 2007 Japanese mm-hmm. horror film. Um, you can find the disc on the Tartanasia Extreme series. So, I'm going to give a quick rundown behind the legend, and then we'll get into the actual movie discussion. So, it's based on a Japanese legend in which a samurai's wife was caught cheating on him. So, he slit her mouth open. The same woman roams foggy streets with a surgical mask on and asks people she encounters, Am I beautiful? If they say yes, she removes her mask and says, Even like this? And then slits their mouth. If they say no, she cuts them in half. If they say average, she will allow them to escape. Mm. Um, Which would have been and,
0: really good to know in this movie.
1: And uh, the, the basic boil down um, storyline here is a suburban town in Japan... Is the victim of what is supposedly just an urban legend, a woman's spirit with a horribly disfigured face who's intent on kidnapping children for unknown reasons. Um I've seen this when I watched it last week, I think that was my third viewing of the of the film. It's one of my favorite on that Tartanasia extreme line. Um Are they a bunch of like it's... foreign film stuff? it's it's mainly Asian horror films, okay yeah, um now, it's kind of a ghost story, yeah, ish you know um, but i've I've always been a fan of it just because this was made at a time this one was made in two thousand seven, so this is right about the time that American horror films started to recover. You know, we had some good ones from, like, 96 to 2005 or 6. There were some good ones in that decade. But we went from having really good horror films on a consistent basis to just a handful. And Asian horror films were, I think they're amazing. They do such a good job. Of course, Ringu was uh I've heard of that. That's one. what the the American Ring was based on. And then um uh Ju-on is what the Grudge was based on. The American remake of that was The Grudge. So um they've just had some really really good movies. The effects in this when she takes the mask off and you see her. Mhm. It looks Gross. so creepy <laughs> so creepy but she's got like the bright blue eyes right it's they they do a phenomenal job they do a the atmosphere the storytelling the whole thing this is a movie that if people want to get into uh asian horror films this is one i always bring up watch this movie what did you think of it
0: Uh, I, I come in on a lower spectrum of this movie. It, we, we watched it at, I think we started 1030 or 11 o'clock. It was right after the Alabama game, of course. So my wife was already not in a good mood, but we, we started it and it, it started off really, really slow for me. Yeah. And then not having the background, like Jamie said, cause she read the back of the box. She was really excited for this movie. And she said, the, reading the back of the box, it didn't, the movie didn't explain the whole history of the slip mouth woman. Right. Like we just, we got what happened at this, but at the very beginning of the movie, you see the, the earthquake or whatever you want to call it. And you see the original slip mouth woman come out from behind like a cupboard or something and just gross and disfigured. And then we see her again at the end of the movie when it closes down, but we never, didn't really get an explanation on that. And I felt like that would have helped the film out. I think that this movie was expecting you to know that. And like, I didn't know that, but Jamie did because she read the back of the box. I just didn't even think about it. The it was very creepy. I feel like they could have done a lot different things, but th- it was a movie made in 2007. So, of course, it's a lot different, you know, 20 years later at this point. And I, I didn't really enjoy it or start to like it until the ending scene at the house. Like once everyone started going into the house is when I started to get interested and into it. They kept There was one part that they kept using the same piano keys. Like, for yeah. 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, we, we, we've got to get off of this because my, my brain can't take this anymore. Um, and then they go into the house, and it's very eerie, it's very quiet. There's not a lot of music playing. And it's, it's got that horror vibe of, you know, what's around the corner. And which, one of the, the scenes, and we could talk about spoilers, you know, because it was made such a long time ago, in theory. And... When they were trying to escape with Mika, and they were in that long hallway, the exit was right here. (laughs) It it made us seem like we didn't know where the exit was, but then the mom comes in at the door right at the other end of the hallway. I was like, okay, you know, we could have escaped and not had any of this. I thought it was cool that the ghost was um, possessing people. And that's how the mouth Woman was kind of like traveling around. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool that it focused on the, the one teacher and his life, you know, his mom killing his brother and sister. We see their remains at the in the basement. And instead of, because we, we had at the beginning, Am I Pretty? And he was hearing that, but then he heard the uh, aim, you know, the aim for the throat. And it had a lot of Thanos vibes there, to be honest with you. But, though, <laughs> so he, he kills her at the end by stabbing her in the throat, which he should have been dead a long time ago. A lot of these people should have been dead way before they did. And, like, I mean, he got stabbed, like, right here in the stomach and kidney and liver. And then both of his Achilles heels are cut. And he still finds a way to crawl and kill the, his this lady. And the poor kid at the very end... Um, the teacher was, I guess you could say she was one of the main characters. And she uh, gets out of all of this. She goes, you know what? I'm going to make up with my kid. Goes to make up with her kid. The dad disappears for some reason. And then she kills her kid. I was like, okay. This is, I don't know if abuse is very common. Like child abuse is very common in Japan. But I felt like that was the under all theme. Because all of these parents were abusing their kids. And... There was a lot of bullying in this film. But to me, I think I gave this a, a D. I came in right at two and a half, two stars on Letterboxd for this. Uh, but because just because it didn't really get that interesting to me towards the end of the movie. But seeing her, like, f- figuring this all out. Like, again, like to the, the have the backstory of the samurai and everything, of how the original story was told, I felt like that would have helped me. But I don't. Was this a sequel, or is this the first one in the series?
1: One. that they did make a sequel. That's a prequel.
0: Okay. See, I think, but I think it's. I mean, it's based off of Japanese lore. So in Japan, right. you would have known all of this. Yeah. But it's like I mean, here we we don't. So I think that's what that's what got me. But you saying that about the lore and everything that makes sense now.
1: Yeah. I I gave it three and a half stars. It's not. It's by no means a perfect film. It's, I I think what happened, too, with me is one reason I'm so fond of it. I found it at a time when, uh, during that time, like, it had just come out. Right. And we were so dry with consistently good horror movies over here that I think this was one of the ones, one of the first Asian horror films I saw. Hmm. So, yeah, um, I was listen,
0: I was not looking forward to watching this movie all week long because I knew it was like a ghosty film, so I said, this is one of the like of our whole list. I said this is one of the ones I am not looking forward to watching, and I mean, I enjoyed it, but the the ghost at the beginning and end still creeped me out, like her standing right there over all the dead bodies in that house at the end of the movie. I said, Mm-mm. I don't like this, <laughs> but that's all it was.
1: Wait they've got some other really good really good films though, that you should check out
0: mm. ghost no sir <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right well so next week um we're going to have um, I, I think some people might have heard of this film mhm um ghostbusters yeah Tyler's seen it once, I've seen it a, a bunch of and times. And that was a long
0: time ago when I saw it.
1: Um Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, Bill Murray, um, Dan Aykroyd, and I've started naming Ernie Hudson, um, <laughs> Annie Potts. Stay puff marshmallow. Uh, Stay puff marshmallow on and on and on. <laughs> right. Um also though, next week's gonna be a double bill. Halloween Kills comes out. So we're planning to have our review of that as well. After a year of waiting. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, two years. Uh Yeah. It was before everything went to shit. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, So we'll actually be talking Halloween Kills and Ghostbusters. Double feature for Uh, everybody. Make sure you do your homework. Double feature. All right. So two news items from the movie movie world. Um uh, first the Flash film has officially wrapped filming. Yay. Mhm. I don't see the, the, this is one of those where I'm like I don't know if I should be excited or not because <laughs> or scared because <laughs> because we know that this is not going to be Snyder verse flash right this is gonna be Whedon verse flash and we I just don't know mm-hmm. I mean it's I'm it's, excited to see yeah. Michael Keaton back
0: in the cape and cow but
1: yeah but outside Bad of Flag, that and Batfleck but See, that also worries me, though, right? <laughs> he said he had now, a good time
0: but, putting the suit back on. No,
1: not, not the Affleck Uh-oh. thing, the, uh, the the Keaton thing. Not because I think it'll be bad, but because it feels like a jump-the-shark moment mm-hmm. for the film. Like, hey, we don't feel like what we have here is very good. Let's do this, because we know <laughs> people will eat it up, right. and they'll overlook how bad the film's going to be. So I hope it's not that, (laughs) but I kind of think it could be because it's Warner Brothers and they tend to poop all And we've seen it it
0: time and time and time again. Yeah.
1: They usually strike out more than they get a base hit. Mm Mm-hmm. Finally in movie news, The Eternals confirmed to be 2 hours and 37 minutes, which is the second longest MCU movie behind Avengers Endgame. I think this—that's
0: for the best, because we've got what six, seven characters we know nothing uh-huh. about that we all have to have backstories for and come to conclusion.
1: I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. Because I like a longer movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people will not be good with it. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, I heard people complain about Endgame's length. Uh.
0: Come on, uh, I could have used another hour of that and,
1: movie. And these were people that were invested in it and wanted to see this play out. Yeah. People aren't invested in the Eternals. Mm-mm. And if you're going to... Well, this movie I is like
0: that... Shang-Chi for me, where I don't know anything about this. And like Shang-Chi, I went in you know, optimistic. And I'm going in optimistic for this one too. But the, I mean, not knowing any of these characters... And only seen a right. couple of trailers that we've seen, which this most recent one looks really good. I mean, it's sold beyond the film to watch it in theaters. And so I don't know. I just, I, th- I think with having it that long, I feel like it's going to set it up enough we can get invested in each and every one of this team because we, we haven't seen any of them at this point. So, and I I'm just curious hope. if we'll see any
1: cameos. Yeah. I just hope, because... You've got this, right? Is it thanks? I think the week before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or Thanksgiving week we get Hawkeye? Yeah, I think
0: it's Thanksgiving think it's, week.
1: Thanksgiving week we get Hawkeye. This drops the week before, and then the next month you've got Spider Man No Way Home. Oh, so I, I can't wait for To have a two hour and thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm all for the film. I'll go watch the film. But the more and more we talk about it and all the characters that are going to need time, I almost wish that we had gotten The Eternals as a Disney Plus. Right. And maybe taken one of our Disney Plus series and turned it into a film. I think Falcon and... Yeah, that would have been a great film. That would have been a really good film. Falcon and Winter Soldier would yeah. been good,
0: well.
1: but it is what it is. That's that's the news. Releases this week. We've already mentioned it. Halloween Kills, October the fifteenth, drops in cinemas and and on the Peacock network. Which is weird. Why not I just do that last streaming. year? But yeah,
0: it's gonna have the money though. So Peacock streaming. So, have you been playing anything new video game-wise this week? No. No. I've, I played a little bit more of Death Stranding and a little bit of Destiny. This week was not a big gaming week. Just a lot going on at yeah. the house, but nothing nothing too crazy. But I do have my little Fallen Elixir. Uh, baby oh. over here came in the mail this week finally uh-huh. so those little eyes glow in the dark and yes, guess it has scared me a couple times coming into this room in the
1: morning i believe it yeah so
0: <laughs> oh that's what that is uh, notable news you gonna
1: think that one day and it's gonna be something else nope
0: nope mm-mm. don't wish i yeah. to be a little puppy
1: that will be sitting over there with glowing eyes right
0: daddy <laughs> First story we've got here, Xbox Cloud Gaming is now fully powered by faster Xbox Series X hardware. Going to TheVerge.com by Tom Warren for this one. Now, the reason I pulled this news article for the show is for some interesting thing he puts in here. Microsoft's Xbox Cloud Gaming service is now fully powered by custom Xbox Series X hardware. Microsoft tells The Verge it recently completed the upgrade, which improves both fame rates and game load times for players streaming Xbox games over the web. While Microsoft has moved Xbox Cloud Gaming to 1080p and 60 frames per second streams in recent months, the company has yet to unlock the full potential of the Xbox Series X hardware to deliver 4K streams. It's not clear when this will be available, but Microsoft has been moving towards delivering Xbox Cloud Gaming beyond just mobile devices and browsers. And this is where it's interesting for me here. Microsoft is currently working on a dedicated Xbox app for TVs that will allow Xbox players to stream games without a console. Standalone streaming devices that you can plug into a TV or monitor are also planned. And it's reasonable to assume there'll be further upgrades to the Xbox Cloud gaming resolution to match this TV push. A lot of people have been wanting this and I'm including me. like if we could get like a fire stick but for the Xbox for this their cloud, perfect. Like I mean, I mean you really wouldn't have to buy an Xbox if you're just gonna play this cloud gaming streaming services and that's awesome to me so yeah i'm really excited yeah. about that in the future hopefully sooner rather than later these apps come out because i mean can you imagine like you just like if you've got a tv button like i've got my fire stick thing here you know you got netflix prime video and everything have an xbox button tap it and go to the cloud streaming service so
1: right. hey. well, and with netflix getting into gaming now
0: yeah it makes mixed thing. they're yeah. pushing the foundation Next one we've got here is GTA the Trilogy Definitive Edition has officially, been, has finally been announced. It's been rumored for ages now, but it's supposed to be coming later this year. Um, and mobile in 2022. This comes with GTA 3, uh, GTA Liberty, and GTA San Andreas. Wait, I don't mm-hmm. think Liberty's that Vice City. There it is. So,
1: Vice City. A
0: lot of people are really excited about that. And then this next one, uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts series is the last character to join Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That was a very hyped stream for them to watch and passing of an era, if you will. So, they're be really exciting. And then, notable new releases we've got for this week. Bank for Blood comes to everything October 12th, including Game Pass. Ori the Collection comes to Switch. Crisis Remaster Trilogy comes to everything October 15th. Demon Slayer, the Hikonomic, Hikonami Chronicles, comes to everything besides the Switch on October 15th. Everybody, that has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed what you saw, make sure you rate and review us. and give us a good thumbs up on YouTube. If you don't enjoy what you see, make sure you let us know down in the comments what we can do to improve to help you guys out. Uh, social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at nerd underscore wide. On Twitter, you can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at T 7 Uh, Facebook, you can do search nerdwide.com and you can find us there. But guys, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. And we cannot wait to show you our thoughts on Ghostbusters and finally Halloween Kills next week. Everyone have a good safe week. Later guys.